Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and unfortunately, I'm not joined by the prolific Connor himself, Zelius, or any of my other co-hosts. It's a very sad night. I do want to point out that the Thursday Night Hangout is a, a weekly show, a live show, for you, um, where we take your comments, topics, and questions and try our best to cover them during the show during the this show. If, by chance, uh, we do not uh, get a chance to cover your topic, we'll, of course, move it on to the next uh, week's show. That being said, if you have any thoughts, any topics that you would like to drop um, or need to be answered immediately, all, all you have to do is drop it in one of the chat windows, or the chat window, depending on if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, Twitch, or YouTube. I will try my best to cover all of the topics that are thrown in there. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us talk about the first topic. And this one, of course, is just like the ever-ongoing saga that is Epic versus Apple. Um, so some of you may have heard that Apple was actually trying to, to ban... Uh, the Unreal Engine completely from the uh, App Store. And thankfully, somebody who actually has a brain, uh, a North California federal judge, has issued a temporary restraining order blocking Apple from going forward with basic, with what, what is called uh, terminating Epic Games' Apple Developer Program account, which basically would take out all of the Unreal Engine like functionality. Um, so let's dig a little bit further in. Um, basically, the there's of course there's a huge ass lawsuit, and this is just like the first uh, shoe to fall. But the judge basically agrees that Apple's Xcode and SDK agreement is separate from the program license agreement that Epic, of course, breached or uh, allegedly breached uh, with Fortnite. So basically, the judge said, uh, you don't have to take the step of removing access to the Unreal Engine development. Uh, The judge basically said, it seems like an overreach. Um, Even if Epic were to win... Uh, this this whole thing, it would be too late to save all the projects by third-party developers relying on the engine that were shelved while supporting while support was unavailable. Basically, this restraining order was put into place to kind of protect the status quo. Uh, the judge went further and said Apple has chosen to act severely, and by doing so, has impacted non-parties and third-party uh, developer ecosystems, which. Which I think we all were in agreement with. The fact uh, of the matter is, Epic and Apple and Epic and Google's fight is over Fortnite and the, you know, the 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 sneaky under the table deals that or hot fix as they're calling it that Epic tried to pull off, where instead of utilizing the the iOS store or the the Google Play stores. Uh, basically financial transaction interface, they were kind of like circumnavigating with their little hotfix. Um, and so, yeah, I understand them blocking Fortnite, but to, to block the entire Unreal Engine, where, I don't know, like 98%, maybe 99.2% of the games out there have nothing to do with Epic. They're just utilizing the Unreal Engine, which, by the way, uh, we did some research after the show last week, and... The Unreal Engine is indeed the one that uh, is royalty-free until the application or game, depending on your platform, I guess, uh, reaches the 1 million mark. Yes, Doodle Boy, there is no Xelius. Unfortunately, Xelius has a work function that is going to keep him away for the entire evening, so I am trying to fly this solo as best I can. and since you just jumped in, sir, I do. I'm really right now. I'm I'm talking about uh, Epic, uh, Apple, and the uh, temporary restraining order that a judge has put on Apple to allow for continuing support of the Unreal Engine 
uh, in the App Store. Now, um, now comes the fun part. Um, the judge also had a couple comments for Epic. Epic basically said that um, the reason um, the the irreparable harm that is being done by Fortnite being absent from the App Store is self-inflicted. Uh, the the judge basically is pointing out that the predicament that that Epic finds itself in in regards to Fortnite is of their own doing. Um, it you cannot have irreparable harm when you create the harm yourself. And of course, this for those out there who may have missed this, it all revolves around this calculated decision to put in a hotfix that basically uh, activates uh, a hidden code into Fortnite that will allow an individual, a gamer, uh, to uh, basically do in-app purchases and that financial transaction would only happen between the user and uh, Epic uh, instead of the usual 30% off the top when it comes to the Apple Store or Google Play Store. So, you know, the easy res- the easy thing to do would for would be for Epic to just go, all right, fine. You know, we'll of course, you know, they're big boys, they got to swing their dicks around, but let's be honest. At the end of the day, it's either going to end in a out of um out of it's not jail room. Uh, uh, out of court case, uh, there's going to be some kind of settlement. Or Epic is going to be like, well, we tried. Um, and as much as I would love, 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 love for, you know, this wall garden type of situation where you have Apple and, well, Android to some extent, or, or I says Google, Google Play Store, uh, where everything has to go through this main interface, this main, I guess, point of contact when it comes to uh, purchases and where you can load and unload apps. I mean, I understand, you know, they, they're they doing it for your protection and they're taking 30% off so they could keep the store running. And to be on- totally honest with you, uh, and I think we've hit it about this last week, I think there needs to be like a scalable amount where like the big boys have to have to get more money skimmed off than like, you know, the, the small startup developer, you know, take, basically look at the, the setup they have when it comes to Unreal Engine and the, and the, uh, you know, your, your independent developers, there's no, it's royalty free until your first million dollars, find some number amount for Apple or for Google play where, until this, keep a fucking tally, I don't care, but until this application has had transactions of upwards of, I don't know, $10,000 that don't skim 30% off. There's a lot of developers out there that have phenomenal ideas, but unfortunately, we're in a a time where every single platform is being flooded with a bunch of crap. And also flooded with some amazing stuff. But unfortunately, the crap outweighs the awesome stuff. So uh, unfortunately, the crap kind of like floats up to the top. And then you're dealing with having to go the the, the best way to do it, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on you know how you look at it, is to go free, free to start, as uh, Nintendo likes to call it, uh, and then have your application purchases to, you know, add... Uh, levels or skins or, you know, items or something like that. The unfortunate thing is when you're talking about a small develop uh, developer who's li- literally on a diet of like ramen and tang or Kool-Aid or whatever the, you know, the knockoff brand is, take a 30% off of that. It, let's say that they get maybe, I don't know, 10 10 purchases and they're each I'm going to make the the number really easy. Let's say that they're each uh $1. 
Okay, so each one has one dollar, 10, 10 purchases. So basically, for the ten dollars that they're going to make or they should get, they're only going to get seven, which of course, then okay, yeah, seven bucks is still enough. What's up, Gunny Chief? Um, but at the same time, I think the thing is, Epic and you know, um, Activision and EA, those the the heavy hitters that have been around for fucking ever and can easily move from platform to platform, they are the ones who should be hit with that thirty percent off the top when you're going through iOS and through Google Play. The I I am a I try to champion the independent creators out there because you make you guys out there make such amazing stuff. But like I said, there's too much there's too much crap. There's too much static. There's too much interference. And so you may have the next best game, but unless you get really lucky, you get some celebrity go, oh my God, this is a nice guy. Or, you know, you just, you drop the game on a day where no one else is going and it gets featured on some website and then ta-da, magic. And then sometimes it's not even, it, it, it's, you know, someone picks it up as a fucking joke. And it starts going crazy like that, like Flappy Birds. You never know. But the problem is, when you're in this type of situation right now, we're we're in a free-to-start, free-to-play, and then transactions, the developers are always going to be at the, um, you know, they're going to get the short end of the stick. Yes, I understand. Epic, is try- Epic wants to make all the money. Um, but at the same time, uh, if I were an independent developer, I would kind of be cheering Epic on because I want to get a little bit of a bigger slice of the pie. That's all I'm saying. Now, of course, everything, um, uh, there's going to be a public hearing uh, set for September 28th to go further over uh, this wonderful lawsuit between Apple and Epic. But for now, thankfully for all those independent developers out there and developers in general who utilize the Unreal Engine, there has been a... Um, a temporary uh, order to stop uh, blocking the Unreal uh, Developers Kit on uh, uh, iOS. Now, there's a game out there that I played the crap out of, and I actually played a good chunk of it twice. Uh, this is one of these, uh, the game is called The Sinking City. It's a game where I played a ton of it and then forgot about it. And then came back. It was like, shit, I don't remember anything. So I started over again. So I played a, a ton again. And I forgot about it. Um, and, but now it's making news. And the reason why it's making news is that the game is starting to disappear from basically all the platforms. The only exception, weirdly enough, is um, the developer's uh, website and the Nintendo Switch eShop. Every other uh, store, be it Steam, Epic Game Store, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, it's gone. Uh, now, people are like, okay, well, what the fuck's going on? Is there some kind of like litigation? Is, you know, there, did someone do something wrong? Is it illegal? Whatever. So, in part, uh, basically, the developers, uh, Frogwares, uh, came out recently and, and published a statement uh, that based that. Uh, let me just give you the, the gist of it here. Uh, the reason is a bit complicated, yet at the same time, quite simple. The short version, we were forced to terminate the contract with our licensee for several breaches of our agreement. We urge you to read this open letter to our fans, journalists, and people of the industry to understand why this is happening and how you can still get the sinking city. Once again, you could get it on the Nintendo eStore or straight from uh, Frogware's website. Now, the re- the what what they're talking about when it comes to breach of the agreement, uh, they pointed out a couple things. Um, basically, it it all comes down to Frogwares and their publisher called Nacon, which apparently has just been merged with something called Big Ben Interactive. So here are some of the claims that Frog, yeah, Frogwares is accusing of Nacon. Uh, one. They have refused to pay royalties on the games, and right now, apparently, it is uh, roughly estimated at 1 million euros, which is a good chunk of change. Uh, And the other big one, and this one, 
See, I've I've actually had this happen to me, and this is this to me gets right underneath my skin. It pisses me off to no end. And that is, it's misleading marketing. The way that the game was marketed everywhere, it basically implied that Nacon was the game's developer, not Frogwares. Frogwares logo appears when you start it up, but if you were to you know see the advertisements or the the banners or the ads, it's all Nacon brings you. The sinking city. And the reason why I say I've been through that is I, once upon a time, uh, worked for a mobile game developer. And uh, this was before smartphones, which ages me like a shit ton. But uh, we, the company I worked for, we were in agreement with a certain uh, professional sports uh, uh, organization. And the way that the contract was uh, written was that the only thing that had, basically, the only way that people would know that we worked on it is if you looked at, I can't remember if it was just, it might have been just the credit screen. Like you had to go to the credit scene and then you could see the company logo. You couldn't actually do like all the people who worked on it, like the testers and the developers and the artists and stuff. No, it was just literally, and it was buried. That shit bugs the crap out of me. I understand if you sign a big enough, you know, if you, if, if the, if the paycheck is big enough, I'm sure that some people would be like, ah, bury the, bury, bury our logo. I don't care. But at the same time, when you're trying as, as a developer, anyone in, in any industry, and you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're like, yeah, I want to put this on my resume going, I helped work on this. And people immediately, when they look at it, don't see that your company is readily visible on the game. It's a little iffy. So anyways, that's bullshit. Just going to call it. It's bullshit. Now, that being said, the CGC, phenomenal game. Little bit clunky here and there, but I love the story. Uh, it, oh, let's see here. How do I, oh, I can't, I don't, Mm. It's kind of like it's a Lovecraftian horror movie where you're having some really screwed up dreams uh, and you're trying to figure out how to take care of them. And then it just like spirals out of control. All right. So in the mega world of phone game phone game phones phone games uh, and of course the need to have the latest and greatest and. Uh, trying to capitalize on the hottest brand. Uh, some of you might have noticed that the 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 franchise, The Witcher, is basically everywhere. You've got, of course, you got your games, you've got your uh, graphic novels, you have your uh, live action TV show, uh, yeah, TV program on on Netflix. Uh, then, of course, there's going to be like a prequel, and then there's going to be like an animated one. Uh, and now, uh, CD Projects, uh, the developer behind The Witcher, uh, has revealed that their newest studio, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sure, Spoko, Spock, Spoko, uh, have been working on an augmented reality Witcher game. Uh, and if you want to see what it looks like, it's it's doesn't show you a whole lot, but there is a trailer on YouTube, uh, and it kind of shows a player walking through uh the real a real forest and then encountering an abomination that's only visible on your phone Bas think pokemon go but rated m for mature maybe not i mean i don't think you're going to see well i'm just it's witcher you might see naked ladies i don't know but anyways um <laughs> i don't know they they you never know um bas but they're toting uh console grade visuals uh, the the uh, the developer studio uh, Monster Slayer lets players explore naked witches. Exactly. Um, let's see here. Uh, bu 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 players will explore the world around them while tracking, studying, and fighting monsters both new and familiar, using time of day and real life weather conditions to gain the upper hand. Preparation is key in order to defeat tougher enemies. A as players will need to brew powerful potions and oils, craft bombs and monster bait, and up monster bait. If you say that real fast, that's not what it sounds like. I'm just saying monster bait. 
and upgrade their character before putting these beasts to the sword and signs in first-person AR combat. They have also said the players should expect to do a lot more than just wander around collecting monsters. Stab directly for Pokemon Go. The AR game will include rich, story-driven quests inspired by other games from the series. It is currently uh, slated to head for the iOS and Android platforms later this year and will, of course, be free to play. Okay. Interesting. I have to say, but at the same time, I'm a little bit hesitant. Um, any AR game that adds uh, levels upon levels of of complexity will weed out the the gamer base fast. If I can't immediately pick it up and figure it out, I'm probably not going to stick around. And that's unfortunately that's that's how developers have to you know approach it. Unless you have, unless you are set in a specific genre or you've got the name recognition if you are well of course the witcher has name recognition so there's gonna be people that are witcher fanatics that'd be like you know what i'm just gonna stick around i love the witcher let's see how this goes but there's gonna be a lot of people going oh the witcher i i, I remember that tv show and then you you start playing the game you're like what the fuck um but with uh brewing powerful potions and oils and crafting bombs and monster bait I'm gonna say it again monster bait uh and then first-person AR combat. I'm not 100% sure. No, don't encourage developers to dumb it down for the masses. Sam, I'm not saying to dumb it down for the masses. I'm saying that you need a low enough entry point. Um, you can ramp the shit out of the difficulty right off the bat if you want to. But, you, but the thing is, it's... We're literally living in the age of the elevator pitch format where you've got, what is it, like 15, 20, 30 seconds um, to kind of sell your game. And if it doesn't click, people are going to walk away. And unfortunately, that's how, you know, yes, The Witcher is a little bit different because it's an established franchise. But the vast majority of games out there that aren't established, you have got to have some kind of crazy luck um, to either hook the the player. Uh, yeah, to hook the player. Um, you know, you have to go with the, the free-to-play format, and there's got to be in-app purchases. But there's got, uh, of course, once, you, once you've bought once, you're going to buy again and again and again and again and again. And I, of course, am a great study in that because that's what's happened to me with certain games. But I've also played the shit out of said games. And so I don't feel so bad having spent, you know, upwards of I don't know, like 60, 70 bucks on in-app stuff because I've put in like 100 hours in the game. So it's like a regular 60-buck game. But I don't know. I, I, I'll i ask you guys. I mean, does when, it, when as soon as I think of first-person AR combat, that just doesn't, that bugs me. Like, how the hell are you going to have first-person AR combat? First person for me is I see my hands, right? But I'm going to be holding the phone. So technically, it's like a second person. How the fuck? What would, how would you call that? Because it's not behind me. It's like I'm in there, but it's not really my arms. I get to control the... Well, whatever. Anyways, I don't know. I, I'll... Once I see it and I can actually play around with it, I, I'm sure that I'll have a better idea. But right now, it's, you know, hey, you know, strike where the iron's hot. I mean, Witcher is everywhere. But, I don't know, the Witcher AR game? I mean, I played I played Pokemon Go. Played a shit ton of Pokemon Go. Also did the Harry Potter one. Got really tired of the Harry Potter one and the Pokemon Go one. Uh, simply because... There was too much grind and no real reward. You know, you, you'd be going up against the same shit every single time. And you're like, well, I want to, you know, kind of like upgrade and, and, and advance. But there's, you know, they're like, well, we just put a shit ton of stuff. Throw a coin in your... <sighs> I know, Gunny. Throw a coin to your Witcher. And he will use it to monster bait. 
<clears throat> All right. I'm pretty sure I'm going to make a note. That's going to be the title of this show, by the way. It's going to be Monster Bait. It's got to be. I've said it so many times that that's just going to be the title of the show. All right. Uh, so speaking of series uh, on Netflix, um, has everyone heard about the fact that there's now a Resident Evil live action series coming to Netflix? Uh, it is going to be two different storylines, sort of. So it's going to start off um, in the first timeline. 14-year-old sisters Jade and Billy Wesker are moved to New Raccoon City, a manufactured corporate town forced on their rights as adolescents in, is in full swing. But the more time they spend there, the more they come to realize that the town is more than it seems. And their father may be concealing dark secrets. Secrets that could destroy the world. Now, cut to second. Timeline. Well over a decade into the future, there are less than 15 million people left on Earth. And more than 6 billion monsters. People and animals infected with the... T-Virus. Jade, now 30, struggles to survive in this new world, while the secrets from her past about her sister, her father, and herself continue to hunt her. Currently, the, this is scheduled to be uh, eight episodes total, and each episode will be one hour long. So we're talking about, yeah, a miniseries. Okay. I swear to God, is Netflix just like grabbing every single, you know, like mature video game franchise that's been around for fucking ever and then just saying, we're going to make a live action of it and then let's see if it sticks and throw it on a wall because that's what it feels like. You've got the, uh, you got the Splinter Cell, of course you got The Witcher, now of course you got Resident Evil, Castlevania was, it's an animated one, so okay, but I feel like there's a bunch of other ones out there, but I don't know, I mean... It might be cool, but unfortunately, that's anytime that Netflix an announces something, you're like, eh, it might be cool. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, when it comes out, I'll watch it. I, I can't promise that I'll watch the whole thing, but I'll give it a shot. I've given basically every show that Netflix has come out with that seemed slightly in my wheelhouse, I've at least, you know, given it a go. And there's certain series out there that. I watched a couple of, and I was just like, nah, it's not for me. And uh, I know that I piss off a lot of people by stating, I do not watch The Umbrella Academy past, was it uh, episode eight? Um, uh, yeah. You're living so awesome. Yeah, yeah. But after that episode where everything fucking changes, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need this episode. I don't need this series anymore. So suck it. All right. So now that I basically run completely through all the topics, I do want to do a quick stop and thank all of our fans of the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you uh, the opportunity to find out about some amazing things. And the first one <clears throat> is going to be about the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. Next, we have Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan uh, 
of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. Which, by the way, once again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Hero Chiropractic is my chiropractor. So, yeah, he's done a mess of things. For me, at least. And I'm sure shit ton of other people. Now, uh, let's talk about the Nerd Burger. Okay, so first of all, ladies and gentlemen, Nerd Burger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nerd Burger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nerd Burger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored or haven't been explored very often. These games forego dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. Currently, uh, Nerdburger Games has games such as Capers, Die Laughing, Merzen Acquisitions, and... They will shortly have another game called, and I want to make sure that I get this completely right, Good Strong Hands, which is going to be another RPG through the Nerdburger games. Uh, for those of you who missed it, there was a Nerdburger virtual con that happened two weeks ago. Uh, it was a series of gaming sessions put on by several different gaming masters. Uh, they had games from f that were Nerdburger Base games like Capers, Die Laughing. There was also some amazing other games out there. Um, a couple that I played was Goblonia and I think it was like The Inbetweeners. Um, I did not have like a little blurb about Goblonia last time, so I do want to say real quick, um, Goblonia, uh, the city, is the proud and independent home of goblin kind. At least it used to be. Now that the fair folk, the, the, the elves have gone to war again, they've come to renew the old alliance. Pah! More like put us back under their heels. Well, we won't stand for it. Goblonia, the game, is a storytelling game set in the tilting towers and intersecting tunnels of the Goblin City. It uses quick resolving goblin poker whenever an outcome is in doubt. Use your goblin traits and your goblin allies to survive the day-to-day -day struggles of these underappreciated fae and hopefully to restore freedom to the city. Uh, like I said, this is a game that I played. I loved it. Um, I got to play, I think it was like a three or four hour session and uh, we played basically right up until the end. Of course, in uh, usual Charlie fashion, I did a lot of outside the box thinking and then when at the, you know, the climactic point, I failed miserably. So, it's a good game. Definitely check it out. Now, I do want to do a shout out uh, to our, to one of the best and amazing uh, establishments in the greater Atlanta area. And that, of course, is Battle & Brew. Battle & Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle & Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now, they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. Now, uh, I know that there's always people going, eh, Trivia, can't be that hard. Look, Zelius and I and, and several other people, <laughs> This episode of Ultra Confusion. It's brought to you by Battle and Brew. Mostly brew. Cheers. Um, what was going to say? Oh, yeah. Most people are like, eh, how hard can the trivia be? The couple of times that I've, that I've attended or attempted to do trivia there, uh, there was one time I tried to do the Harry Potter trivia, which was fucking nuts. It was standing room only. Um, I thought I knew Harry Potter's shit. I'd know nothing. And I've read all the books and I've watched all the movies and I've read like, you know, supplementals and stuff. I knew nothing. Mm -mm. Nope. 
And then I also did a um, a Marvel uh, a Marvel Universe. Uh, yeah, nope, didn't know a damn thing there either. Nope. Like you think that you know a subject, and then you walk into a situation going, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a huge comic book fan. I know so much about this." And they're like, "Okay, so who was the guy that almost killed Spider-Man? Not the first time, not the second time, but the third time." He had a superhero spy name. What was the name? You're just like, I don't know. It's not, I mean, that's a little convoluted, but it's basically in the same vein of what you would expect. And it's, it's like, what was the color of Professor McGonagall's slippers when she attended the magical ball in Goblet of Fire? I'm like, I don't know. Green? Blue? None? Did she attend? I don't remember. <laughs> Anyways, so very difficult to review. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, you know, since I did a shout out for everyone, I've got to do, you know, personal shout outs. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I do want to point out that Alter Confusion does have a Patreon. Uh, Patre- Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, become an active participant in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. I would love to be able to do Alter Confusion and have nothing else to do, but the fact of the matter is the money that we that we get through Patreon basically pays for uh, the podcast hosting and some of the... and then some of the money will go towards like conventions. Uh, as much as I would love to say that people are every single convention's dying to have Alter Confusion there. Um, some of them are, some of them not so much. Uh, there's always, you know, there's always going to be cost and certain conventions you have to pay for uh, power or internet or hotel room or travel um, or badges, certain. Exactly, Sam. Patreon, give till it hurts. Um, you know, so basically, any money that 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 Alter Confusion raises through our Patreon, uh, you know, it goes like it disappears, not like poof, haha, I don't know where it went. Uh, it immediately uh, gets used uh, to cover the hosting for the podcast and some of the other stuff. Uh, I know it's always a joke, you know, uh, using on Mountain Dew or Zelius's cat food or all the games, Alter Confusion, uh, reviews. I God, I wish, I wish we don't, we don't make that much. Um, however, uh, there are two different, uh, tiers that are currently set up. There's the $1 tier, any, anything helps. Uh, and then there's the $5 tier, which if you do $5, uh, not only do you get some awesome bonuses, but you will also be put into that uh, friends of the the show thank you slot. All right. Uh, Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you do want to do a financial donation to Alter Confusion, but you do not want to do a monthly donation such as Patreon, there is a one-time PayPal uh, donation that you can do. If you go to www.alteredconfusion.com, you can click it on the left-hand side of the page. I think it's a donate now button. Or if you're watching this on twitch.tv slash alteredconfusion, it is in the panel below the video. Uh, There's a donate now button. And that goes straight to our PayPal account, which of course, once again, immediately goes to pay Alter Confusion stuff. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want to help out Alter Confusion, but maybe financially you cannot, the best and amazing thing that you could do is you could like us, you could favorite us, you could retweet, you could sh- share. Uh, basically, if you think the, sh- the the stuff that we do is awesome, tell people. that that's, That is the greatest thing for us. I... The, the more I get to have conversations with individuals, the better. That's why I do this. I want to have conversations. I want to be able to discuss these video games or movies or, or whatnot. Um, and this, you know, the, the more the merrier, basically. Um, now, I know that there are definitely people out there who want to send us uh, physical items. And once again, within the realm of reason, I, if you give me something that's crazy off the wall that I cannot show then I 
can't show it. I, I will thank you for it in a private ch chat, but I will not be able to show it. Uh, everyone knows there's the infamous uh, Funko Pop uh, person uh, that sends me Funko Pops from time to time, which thank you. Thank you very much. And to Mitchell, uh, who sent the last two Funko Pops, which were um, uh, the Battle of Fallen Angels, which was a awesome uh, Cowboy Bebop Funko Pop uh, set. And uh, then the Venomized Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man set. So thank you, Mitchell. Um, and, but if you want to send anything to Alter Confusion, all you need to do is send it to 1551 Dunwoody. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y Village Parkway. Number, this is super duper important, ladies and gentlemen, number 88276. That is the specific PO box number. If you do not put that number in, it will go to the post office proper and it will be returned to you within i think it's like two to five business days uh the city is once again dunwoody d-u-n-w-o-o-d-y georgia zip code 30338 now that we've gotten the alter confusion stuff out i do want to something that is very close to my heart is something called extra life extra life is um how do i describe this we're, I'm proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for nine straight years. Extra Life is gamers doing what we do best to help sick and injured children at our chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. For Alter Confusion, all nine years, it's been and will always be the Children's Healthcare Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta. Zelius grew up in Atlanta for the most part. My family has used Children's Healthcare Atlanta, Health Care of Atlanta. Uh, for as long as I can go, as long as I can uh, remember. Uh, and of course, now my kids also, uh, you know, when, when shit hits the fan, that's where they go. Uh, the money that we raise through Extra Life goes directly to that hospital as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So, Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Or there should be, if you're on Twitch, there should, once again, in that panel below the video, there should be a link that will go straight to the Extra Life page. Or if you go to www.alteredconfusion.com, uh, right under the Donate Now button for the PayPal, there should be a, uh, a button for the Extra Life um, page. And uh, any amount of money that you can donate would be amazing. If you can only donate to uh, Extra Life, if you can only donate to one, Extra Life or Alter Confusion, donate to Extra Life. It, it's for the kids, man. And I love I love doing the 24-hour Game-A-Thon. It's going to happen again in uh, November. Um, I'm not sure at all what games I'll be playing because, you know, I've still got a little bit of time, right? August. Yeah. Who the hell knows? I don't know. Uh, Sam says, go Braves. Okay. Um, for those out there who don't know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we are in the city of Atlanta. And if there's one, if there's one sport, I cannot stand it's baseball. So yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, getting back on to topic. Uh, so yeah, it, please, if you have the capacity to donate, go to Extra Life and donate there. If you are a gamer and you want to help out, there's always time to sign up, set a goal for uh, to try to raise money. And then, of course, once again, in November, I think it's like the first week in November, the first Saturday or Sunday in November, it's a 24-hour gameathon. I will be doing the full 24 hours, just like I've done eight previous years. And... You know, hopefully, once again, help bring attention to this amazing opportunity of raising money for the kids. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there were a couple questions that I had, and I don't know how this is going to work because I don't have Zelius here, so uh, this should be interesting. But uh, recently, Netflix has kind of, uh, I guess, messed around with the idea of what what's being called the Netflix shuffle. And no, it's not a dance. Just want to make that clear. Um, the Netflix shuffle would basically be like, you know, on your, your music player. Um, 
your music player. It's a record. No. Uh, you know how you have the ability to just like shuffle your songs? You can shuffle your Netflix, which I don't, who the fuck would want to do that? I mean, first of all, you would have, the only way that that would logically work for me would be if I were to make a viewing list of specific episodes of whatever, and then basically go, spin the wheel. There's no way that I would want, you know, there's no way that I would be like, okay, this series, start to finish, randomize. Unless it's, if, unless it's serial. I mean, but even then I would want to take like, I wouldn't want to have like the first couple episodes or the last couple of episodes. I just want like the meat where you could just like interchange it and no one would really know the difference. Yeah, sure. There's probably some small storylines that if you were paying a lot of attention to, you're like, oh my God, that doesn't make any sense. But the vast majority of us are out there like, okay, it's yet another crime story or uh, it's usually crime stories or, uh, you know, shows about nothing. There you go. There's my Seinfeld re reference. Um, pretty sure that, you know, if you did like Family Guy or, or Simpsons or something along those lines, where you just take some of those episodes and just put it in, you know, the, the bingo ball roller, I think you'd be okay. But I don't know. It just seems kind of like half-assed. If, if I want to do something random... I don't know if I would, if Netflix would be the first thing that came to mind. Yes, you could do, I mean, yes. I, I think the, the reason why Netflix is doing it is because that YouTube has that ability. You could shuffle your, your um, the videos that are all queued up in your list. Which, once again, you built the list. So, until Netflix allows you to build a list where you can, where you have the ability to select specific episodes and add it to the list and then go, okay, spin that wheel. That's a shit ton extra that, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be wanting to do that because to be totally honest with you, the vast majority of time when I'm dealing with Netflix or any of the streaming services, I'm doing it on my phone. And sometimes a phone or a tablet, that interface is not gonna be pretty. So trying to build lists off of that would almost make you have to use like, the website, which would be kind of, well, I don't know. Yeah, people would be like, it's a paid, but I'll do it. I don't know. I, I'm not 100% uh, locked in on that. Now, the other question that I had that was given to me uh, by a, a very young individual, um, it was one of my son's friends, was uh, they found out that I play video games and they're like well what kind of game do you not like to play and so i'm going to try to spin that a little bit and that is what is the one genre out there that you avoid like the plague at all costs there's probably nothing that would make you try out a game in this specific genre and for me personally it's the like the diner dash type games where you're having to remember the orders and hand the orders and shit like that. Basically, if I have, I'm not a huge fan of having to play a game of working. Like, I don't want to be a store manager and have to deal with the customers. I, I, I need separation. I need that, you know, I, I need that escapism opening up my own bakery and then making sure that everyone gets the right blueberry muffin and latte. I don't, that's not me. It'll never be me. I can't, it's too stressful. Like, like, you know, you've got, you've got your diner dash where it's like a, you know, a top down where, you know, you're having to run uh, to customers. Then of course you've got the, the more simpler games where it's just a counter and you've got to just hand people the right stuff. And of course you have to do it by memory because their information pops up and disappears. No, Jesus. No, no, never. Uh, uh. I, and, and, and because this is being recorded, this is going to be, uh, you know, on the record, I would rather play a 
Barbie horse riding adventure game than play a Diner Dash style game. I, I, I don't want to play a game where I'm working. I, that's never appealed to me. Even when I had, even when I had to be part of a development team to create something like that, I was like, mm, yeah, nope, mm-mm. not, not really me. But I don't know. Is there any genres out there that you guys avoid like the plague? I know Zelius. This, of course, Zelius is not here to defend himself, so I could say this anyways. But Zelius, he will never take on a genre that has too much reading. I'm kidding. It depends on the game. But the vast majority of the time, Zelius plays games so he could beat the shit out of things with like swords or or guns or spells or dragons or stuff like that. You know, like Diablo, hack and slash. That's Zelius's bread and butter. Having to read and get into... Oh, actually, you know what? The the one genre that Zelius... I don't say he avoids like the plague, but he has serious reservations about is open world games because he's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. What the hell am I doing? And he, and, and you know, and I'm sure that he's not, uh, it's not just him. I mean, there, I'm sure there's several people or several games are out there who can't do open world games because you get so bogged down uh, or so confused by the, it's, it's an open world. You could do anything and everything, but what the fuck am I supposed to be doing? Am I about to do something that's relevant to the game? It's not, you know, you have like a a game where you have your center town and then you have a bunch of like towers and dungeons and forests that you come back through the center town. It's, you know, it's like 10, 15 towns that you may see once. And if you have a broken version of Elder Scrolls, you can't fast travel, so you have to walk on foot from place to place until they send you a patch that fixes it until you accidentally toggle a specific quest back on, and then it turns sour again. Not like, oh, well, actually, that's exactly what happened to me. But, um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's always going to be a genre out there. I mean, I'm not a huge sports gamer. I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be like, yes, I have to play Madden or NHL or FIFA. Actually, FIFA is kind of fun, but I don't know. Photorealistic sports just, I, I want the ability to separate reality from like entertainment and watch. And that's why I don't, I'm sorry, Sam, but that's why I don't play the battlefields. I don't play the Call of Duties. I don't play, you know, any of those, the Hitman games. I don't play things that where I'm playing someone who could literally be right outside my window right now coming to kill me. I want to have that level of disbelief. The weird-ass aliens. Sure, there might be weird-ass aliens out there, but I haven't seen them, so I can keep that, you know, bit of imagination going. But, you know, once again, the Diner Dash style games, definitely 100%. No, I ain't touching that. Oh, shit. There was another question that I had. Uh, This was actually from, uh, in discussion with uh, my amazing chiropractor, Hero Chiropractic, once again, uh, formed by Ryan Moore. If you're in the greater Atlanta area, definitely check him out. Uh, The other question... Uh, that came of a discussion we were having was, so you have these like Metroidvania games. You know, it's basically games that are platformers that kind of have this like branched off map where you, te- there's technically a a way to do things, but you could do a little bit of uh, running here or there. You might run into some walls where you don't have a specific item, so you might have to come back later, but they call them Metroidvania games. And you know, you've got uh, games like uh, Chasm and Sunder and like a shit ton of other games that are, uh, oh crap, where's that thing? Um, Axiom Verge. There's so many games out there that that have that Metroidvania. Uh, you know, it's like a Metroid or Castlevania style game. So the question that was brought up was, so why are there not other games that have, you know, the, you know, the, the moniker of like a, a, a Metroidvania, but not like if you see, there's a shit ton of games out there. 
that scream uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. So when people make like seriously like carbon copies of the damn of, of that design, that look, that feel, the the mechanics, why don't we say, you know, oh, this is a I don't know what the hell you would call it. It's not a Metroidvania. It'd be like a Zelda-esque game, a Zelda venture. I don't know, but I just find it, we we found it interesting. We were talking about, you know, there there are definitely games that a lot of other developers have come behind and basically made their own spin on the game, and it's literally like. They just slap new skin on and and maybe change a couple of weapons, but it's the same fucking game. But you don't do you don't. There's not that you know that strict or not strict, but that genre, such as a Castlevania, a Metroidvania. So I was you know it's it's a it's an interesting question, and for me personally, I don't know why. I really don't. I mean, I look at games and go, oh yeah, that that looks like a, a Zelda game, or oh, that looks like a Gears of War game. Which, of course, what was what was that other game? There was a game that uh, PlayStation came out with about the same time as Gears of War. I want to call it Kill Zone, but I could be wrong. Um, one way to find out. Uh, yes, Kill Zone. When was the last Kill Zone come out? Anyways, I is it Kill Zone? I don't know if that's the right one, but anyways, something like that. Um, you know, I kind of saw that as like, oh, it's it's the response to like, oh, someone made a cool game. It's just kind of disappeared now, though, because you, you back in the day, kind of makes me sound old. You there was. It was always about uh, console exclusivity. You get those companies, your 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 first party or second party companies that basically lock into an exclusive deal with your developer for your platform, and then you make the games for them. Then you had rival platforms that would try to find or be on the lookout for developers who make games that kind of look like the game that's already got the exclusive contract. Of course, then they would try to sign them up um, cause of course you don't want to allow for the, whatever the, the halo killer to be able to go onto several different platforms. Um, now of course, because of the price of games and stuff, you know, that's kind of gone because let's be honest, if your game sucks, you might be, even if you've been around the, the, the industry for like 20, 25 years, you could be gone like that. Uh, there's way too many studios that now one wrong move will spell disaster. And so you don't, you, so you don't see, you might see a timed exclusive, but you won't see like a totally exclusive contract unless of course it's a first party, um, company, which of course there are quite a few out there that are trying to be tricky going, oh no, we're not part of Sony or Nintendo or Microsoft. We just happen to share a wall with them in the building complex that they're centered out of. But yeah, interesting. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, um, I know this, is, this has been an interesting show because Zelius hasn't been here and it's been basically me chit-chatting away. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, now, uh, with, so here's the deal going forward. If there is a, a change in scheduling, if there is a, an issue with us starting, cause we usually try to start at 8 PM Eastern standard time. If there is a problem with us starting at that time, either myself or Zelius is unavailable at that time, I'm immediately going to push to 8:30. And if it's going to, if it's going to end up being like this, where it's just myself, I may even push it out to a little bit later, but I promise you that I'm going to give you the full show. I know that a lot of people were a little bit confused last week that we ran a short show. And if you came back and you watched the video, there was 
something weird that happened that was that I um, went back and spliced in all of the uh, friends of the show and then the Ultra Confusion info because we didn't have enough time to do it. Uh, so if you, ladies and gentlemen, have any thoughts about this version through uh, over the other version, just drop me a note in any of the uh, the social media means. Um, once again, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. I always feel like I'm forgetting one. Of course, you know, uh, uh, become our patron on Patreon. Uh, donate money on our extra life. Rest in peace, Zelius. Anyways, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, it's been a pleasure giving you everything coming in my head, my mouth, and of course, my heart. I, or we, will be ne- back next week for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. And as Zelius would say, amen to that, oh no, a- and keep gaming in the free world. And I say, amen to that, brother. Thank you.